0: Hey friends, we are so thankful we get to bring you this message from Brittany Braswell, registered dietitian and disordered eating recovery coach. In this episode, we answer the question for those struggling with an eating disorder, how does intuitive eating fit in? Brittany shares hope-filled scriptures alongside some very useful practical tips. So we really know this episode will bless you. Make sure to download this episode so you don't miss a beat. All right, let's get into it.
1: Hey friends,
0: welcome to the Joyful Health Show. I'm Aubrey, registered dietitian. And I'm Casey, personal trainer. And together, we're here to help you discover joyful health by grace.
1: Hi, friends, and welcome to this week's episode. We have the honor today of talking with registered dietitian Brittany Broswell, and we're so excited to talk to her about a topic that we um, constantly are being asked about, which is, if I am struggling with an eating disorder, is intuitive eating even possible for me? Or is that even something I should aim for? Um, So Brittany is going to be a wonderful guest to talk about this, and we're happy that she's here. Hi, Brittany. Hey, Aubrey and Casey, thank you guys for having me on today.
0: Yes, we are so excited to have your expertise and for you to share your story. Um, So for the listeners who might not know you yet, um, Brittany is a wife. She's a mom of two, registered dietitian, and recovery coach on a mission to help women struggling with disordered eating and negative body image to reduce their anxiety and ditch the food rolls forever. She helps her clients replace the negative beliefs with spiritual truth so that they can rediscover their God-given identity and overcome the guilt and shame that's kept them in bondage to diet culture and negative body image. Yes, and amen to that. (laughs) Um, So Brittany, can you tell us a little bit how you got to this place? Um, Maybe if you have a personal or a career struggle um, with this particular topic and how God met you in the middle of that. And then now what you do as a result.
2: Yeah. So mine is kind of two part. Um, There's definitely the career struggle and, and Aubrey, I'm sure, you know, like as you go through school to become a dietitian, I think I just got inundated with a lot of diet culture. There was a lot of language around Good foods, bad foods, healthy, unhealthy. And whether it was intentional or not, I think it caused a lot of harm in the way that I saw food, and especially the way that I, like, once I started practicing as a dietitian. And I just really noticed with a lot of my patients and clients they, the, the goals that we were working on for their health. So in a hospital setting, maybe they were working on recovering from something specific, or maybe in an outpatient setting, they're working on their eating disorder recovery or relationship with food. And the way that we were, especially that I was leading conversation was really not helpful. It was It was making it very difficult for people to not only reach their health goals, but to maintain or improve their physical health in the process. And I'm thinking, I'm a dietitian. Why is their health not getting better? And it was this trade-off between like, we're trying to make their physical health better, but in making the mental struggle worse, it's actually making the physical struggle worse as well. So um, fortunately, I had a really phenomenal opportunity in graduate school to really dig into and start kind of specialized education and training in the treatment of eating disorders. And I just really found a passion for it. And right after grad school, um, to kind of give you guys the Reader's Digest version, my husband and I had a stint, had a bout of struggling with infertility. And it was through that time that the Lord really showed me, okay, this isn't just about your education. You've got to understand that your clients are going to be struggling with control and it's because I, I was struggling with control. So he used that that whole infertility journey to really show me he, number one, is in control of everything, which is true all the time. But even more so than that, that it was safe for me to let go of that control because often that control feels so safe. You feel like you're guarding and protecting yourself. And until you can hand it over to the Lord, which is what I love working with my clients on that's really where the freedom comes and becomes a possibility, especially in regard to learning how to honor the cues that, you're, that our God gave us from the beginning for hunger and fullness are the ones that most people are aware of. Um, but that's kind of some of those first steps so that they can get better results. They can feel better, not just physically, but they can grow spiritually as well. And so that's what I really like to do now as a result of sort of my struggle with the, the diet culture, you know, kind of language and the way of seeing things um, and really learning how to hand over control myself, I now get to help the women that I work with sort of readjust their focus and priorities so that the goal isn't just let's improve physical health because – you guys know probably as well as I do, that can really become an idol very quickly. And so when we can focus on growing spiritual health first and make that kind of the top priority, that is really where you gain the wisdom to learn how to steward your body well, physically and mentally. So that's when kind of all areas of health flourish versus kind of making that physical health or body shape or size or weight the number one priority.
1: Yeah. Definitely. I feel that issue of control was close to my heart as well. And I think it manifests in all kinds of different ways. It could be an eating disorder and not to say that eating disorders are all about an issue of control, but, um, that can be a big part of it. Um, and it can feed into it and make it much worse. And so I love that you brought that up and all of us, you know, and also to, I guess, destigmatize, um, people feeling shame about that is that all of us have that issue. It just, it comes up in different ways in our life. It could be with our children and it can rear Ted again later. I think that's something God's been teaching me this year is to release control of just everything that happens in my children's lives. Um, and this journey with intuitive eating and making peace with our bodies is can be a big um, eye-opener in that area, like it was for you. So Brittany, Talk to the person who is uh, maybe maybe not inpatient eating disorder, but they're coming out of that phase and they're trying to really they they are eating enough for their body, um, but they haven't quite let go of control when it comes to trusting God with their food choices. What is the first thing that you um, walk through that person with? Yeah. So, so definitely you
2: hit on the first one is making sure you're eating enough. Um, I really like to kind of start foundationally with that from the physical standpoint. Um, And then from there, we can kind of, we can kind of work with them when it comes to control. Just first, I think a really easy sort of practical activity that you can do if you're trying to figure out, Hey, where do my priorities lie right now? Um, Is just to start making lists like from things that you spend the most time on or that you do most frequently, like to the least, like just going through your normal day and going, okay, well, you know, maybe I spend some time. Maybe I do a quiet time, take my kids to school. Maybe I'm worried about meal prep and grocery shopping and planning every little detail so that I know what I can eat now and know what I can eat later. And making a list of those things can I think can really be helpful in just letting you see from a physical standpoint, like where Where do my priorities lie? What am I spending the most time on? And so I think a really easy way to kind of get started with that is just to focus on okay, let me choose one thing that I know is going to help grow my. Spiritual health that's going to draw me closer to the Lord. So maybe that's a quiet time for me. I'm going to be totally honest, mom life, like I do not always get a quiet time first thing in the morning, especially if my kids somehow wake up before me or come in, oh, mommy, I want to use your bathroom this morning. (laughs) Right. So it does not have to look like this picture perfect. We see all these pictures on like Instagram and Pinterest of the beautiful journal and the Bible and the pen and the coffee and that can be really nice and relaxing when you get that opportunity, but it really just matters to to take that time to ask the Lord what to do and ask the Lord to give you that wisdom. Because when you can start off asking for it, you're going to be more likely to listen for a response during the day. So, um, like a practical example of this, I had a client that was saying like, well, what, like, how does that play out when I'm at the grocery store? Cause I kind of told her like, ask the Lord before anything, like, you, you may not be doing it all the time, but it's a good practice to get into. So she's like, so you want me to stand in front of the cracker aisle and say like, Lord, which box of crackers should I buy? And I said, you know what? There is no harm in that. You can say, God, as I walk into the store today, please give me some wisdom and some peace in choosing foods that are going to challenge my, you know, levels of guilt or shame, maybe that's going to keep me maybe from relying on you and trying to make my body or my health or my size an idol. And so we can start working on some of those, I hate to say small, but like the little practical daily things that you can do to start worry, to start getting away from worrying about every little thing that you eat and really put that trust and focus on the Lord. Um, and it can definitely be a, a physical We can definitely have still some physical concerns with it. So from a nutritional standpoint, yes, we do want to make sure you're eating enough. And then we also there's there's things that we would do to make sure that you are not restricting like certain food groups. Right. So some of the things that I really like to work on with my clients too, kind of from the get go, if they say, hey, yeah, I'm eating enough. We've sort of looked at their intake and we go, okay, you're getting enough for the day. That's that's a great first step. Now, what are the are you feeling your intake with just foods maybe that are those safe foods that maybe you haven't totally handed that control over to the Lord because you're only doing things that maybe feel more predictable for you. So I think maybe starting to just do a little over overlook, I guess, of kind of what you're eating for the day and have somebody, whether it's a dietitian, whether it's a, a coach of some sort to come alongside and give you some of that extra perspective to, to challenge your beliefs. Um I think you got to do a lot of the belief work, digging into why, why do certain foods feel safe or why do they feel scary? Um, and so that's, that's a good, good next step for somebody.
0: Yeah, that's really helpful. And I feel like with um, the words I hear you talk about a lot is worry, control. Um, and like you said, is it silly to ask God to help? give wisdom when I go into a grocery store, because it may seem silly to agonize over picking out which box of crackers, but that is a very, if that's a worry in someone's life, if that's a source of anxiety, then that is absolutely, um, a legitimate need for prayer to be able to invite the Lord into those like really small decisions. So, um, I think looking to those small decisions and thinking, uh, is this, is this working for me? Like what am I feeling right now? And I think that's part of the intuitive eating, like the intuitive health aspect of it, of like how how am I feeling, not just in my body, but in my spirit? Am I worrying over these decisions? Am, is this, am I feeling like closed off and like strangled by, you know, which decision should I make? Which is gonna be the perfect choice? Um, so like for the intuitive health part, like intuitive eating part, um, why is intuitive eating beneficial for the person who is coming out of that, um, from just like a physiological standpoint. And then maybe you can also give that spiritual perspective too, of why intuitive health with the Lord, (laughs) like the intuitive, like leaning into the spirit, like leaning into your body Mm -hmm. and leaning into the spirit. Why is that beneficial for someone in this um, stage of life?
2: Well, I would say number one, that is how we were designed. That's how the Lord created us. Right? Like when you were a baby, you just already were born eating intuitively, right? Babies are either whether they're nursing or taking a bottle, they usually just kind of turn their head when they're done or they fall asleep. And so we know from the get go that we were given the ability to trust our bodies. And somewhere along the way, diet culture influences, family influences, all so many different things can get us sort of out of sync with our bodies and recognizing what's going on. And so physically, I think it's so important to be able to, (laughs) it takes more intentionality. And I think it feels more scary to try to get back to that place of intuitive eating, because if you're used to a set of diet rules, that can kind of feel safe. Like somebody else is telling me what to do. So if it doesn't work, it's not my fault. I hear that all the time. Like I can't trust my body. What if I do something wrong? And then it kind of, I won't say it plays the blame game, but it kind of gives you that I've had clients say, well, you know, like if I mess up, at least I know it wasn't on me. Like maybe there's something wrong with that diet. It just doesn't work for me. Um, and so it kind of almost gives you this this point of like got to put my big girl panties on and trust that I can like make my make my decisions. And that's where it can, again, be really helpful for a team member, because depending on what stage of recovery you're in, you may not be ready for every part of every principle of intuitive eating. Um, If you start, it can be physically pretty dangerous if your hunger and fullness cues are really off and you're trying to honor your hunger, but you're getting hungry very infrequently, or you don't even recognize when you're hungry, right? That can be physically pretty dangerous. Um, But once you, once you start eating more consistently, that would be my number one encouragement, just like, simple tip. If you are trying to learn how to become an intuitive eater, rather than so much focusing on hunger and fullness, maybe from the get go, you want to observe that you want to, you want to focus on like, what am I recognizing or not, but starting to eat consistently. And when I say consistently, like usually four to six times a day, you know, kind of depending on the person spreading it out, gives you a chance for those hunger and fullness cues to get more consistent. So we want to, we want to work on doing that and Physically, also, that's going to help repair potentially your metabolism or metabolic processes that maybe some disordered eating habits or other behaviors have kind of interfered with and taken the place of maybe some of those natural keys that you're given. So that would be my my stand, my, I guess, encouragement from a physical standpoint. Um, And it's just really exhausting right? when you're not nourishing your body. Well, it's physically and mentally exhausting. And so. Think in order to move forward, you, you want to also know your limits, right? Like as a mom, as a woman, like there's only so much energy I have, regardless of how well I nourish my body, I still need sleep at the end of the day. Right. And so being, being able to say, I can't expect perfection or I can't expect this like constant, I can't constantly be going, I have to allow myself to rest. I think rest is such a huge part of the physical recovery process and The intuitive eating process, knowing physical rest, maybe sleeping, maybe just relaxing, but also the mental rest that you need from that. Um, I love the passage from a spiritual growth standpoint in Isaiah. And I won't read the whole passage for sake of time, but um, it's in Isaiah chapter 40. And we regularly hear the verse that says, even you grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And I love that but i always want to encourage people like okay back up a couple of verses because the verse or two before that talks about how the lord will not grow tired or weary and his understanding is one that no one can fathom and he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak and so i love that because it it again you kind of just give yourself that permission okay it's normal for me to be tired it's normal maybe even for this intuitive eating journey to feel difficult but i can rest in the lord and i can know that he's going to renew my strength throughout the process of this and that his thoughts are higher than my thoughts and his ways are higher than my ways. And so I think giving yourself that permission, both physically and spiritually, mentally to rest in this process is something that I don't think enough people prioritize or think about. So that would be, that would be my encouragement. Yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah, I'm so glad that you hit on um, the fact that, you know, not everyone is ready for full-blown intuitive eating right away with, and it's very important that you work with a dietitian who is familiar with treating eating disorders and that you have someone help you kind of start with those, that structure of a meal plan um, and make sure you're eating enough and recovering because again, like you said, our hunger and fullness cues can be Um, off in the beginning of recovery. And we need to sometimes we need to go against those and eat more often Mm -hmm. um, until we get to that place of being nutritionally restored. And what I love, love, love is the fact that you just gave people permission that, you know, your strength comes from the Lord, even in your recovery journey, like you're not doing this yourself. Um, you're not going to probably go from point A to point B, even if you follow everything that your recovery team is telling you to do overnight, um, it's going to be a process and just continuing to draw from the strength of the Lord. So that was awesome. Thank you, Brittany. Um, yeah. tell us how, have you worked with people from just to give a little hope for somebody, have you worked Mm -hmm. with anyone from, you know, full blown eating disorder, we're on a full meal plan to intuitive eating. And have you seen that process happen?
2: Yes. I love this question because just like you said, Aubrey, I think one of the biggest things that's missing, and it's, I see this in so many of my clients when they're first getting started, is that lack of hope or that lack of faith that it's possible. And they may say, well, yeah, I, I believe recovery is possible. It's, for cost, it's it's possible for everybody else, but I don't know if it's possible for me. Um, and I have had the incredible opportunity to work in a treatment center setting. So a, a higher level of care where my clients were living there, you know, day in and day out for sometimes months at a time. And even from, from then and now, even in the, the outpatient, you know, sort of private practice setting, I love getting to see that happen. And I've seen it happen so many times to that. It only gives me more and more hope for the clients that come in that are so determined that it's just not possible. They can't see a way out. And that's where, again, where I kind of like to go back to that scripture and saying, pointing them to the Lord saying like, his ways are higher than your ways. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts because it's OK that you can't see like, OK, maybe you're at point A and you're trying to get to Z in like a week or a month or maybe even a couple months. And it can be it can feel really discouraging if you're not seeing if you have a timeline set for yourself and you say, I feel like I should be this far along at this point. And so. I want to encourage anyone listening to this, if you're on your intuitive eating journey or you're recovering from disordered eating, you've got to allow yourself to celebrate the wins along the way and recognize the progress that you're making. Because it's totally possible to go from just being totally inundated in diet culture, covered in guilt and shame on a regular basis, afraid to eat even, and then be able to say, okay, well, yeah, maybe this weekend I, I ate something and got a little past the point of fullness and it was a little uncomfortable. I can recognize that. And I don't have to have guilt about it. And I don't have to start some diet over tomorrow and be good again. Right. Because as you guys know, and probably a lot of the the listeners, there's no food that is good or bad or that makes you good or bad for eating it or not eating it. So um, so kind of, again, just to recap that answer, it's possible to go from like in the depths of guilt and shame and disordered eating and negative body image to finding freedom, not just in intuitive eating, but also that spiritual freedom in the Lord that allows you to keep moving forward and continue to grow in the other areas of your life as well.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. So y'all have said the a few times, like point A to, to point Z, you know, like I'm trying to get there on my timeline. And the verse that popped up for me was that God said, I am the alpha and omega. Like you start with me and you end with me. Like I am the beginning and the end. Um, And that comes from Revelation 22. And the verse before that, just like Brittany was saying, let's let's backtrack a little bit. Let's look at the bigger context of not just, and I think that's important too. And like when we have disordered eating, um, to let's, let's open up our perspective. Like you had, you know, you talked about the journaling exercise of writing down your priorities. Like let's, let's take a step back and look at the bigger picture. And this is from revelation. This is the big picture. Like this is the revelation of what God is going to do. Like he will do it. Um, and he says, the time is near, in verse 10 and then in verse 12, behold, I am coming soon. Um, and none of us knows the actual timeline. Um, only the father knows that timeline. And so I think too, like we can get caught up in the control part of like, I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be better now. And that can be frustrating when we don't feel better now and it can lead to despair and it can lead to a loss of hope. So, um, so you have walked women through this. Um, if a woman cannot depend on timelines, then what are some benchmarks or some, uh, some marks of freedom that she can look for and to see that she is in step with the spirit on her journey to freedom with, you know, maybe using intuitive eating as a tool. so what are some things that she can be looking for to know that she's on the yeah. right path with the Lord?
2: <laughs> I love that question, Casey. So if uh, if you guys are anything like me, I am a type A kind of person. I love lists. I love to check things off or cross a line through something. And I find that is the case with so many of my clients. And um, And if you're not, that's okay. There's other ways to go about this. But Um, Something I like to do with a lot of my clients is have them create like a recovery to do list. And it's not meant to be like, hey, I can check all these things off today. But when you when you can put something objective on paper, I feel like sometimes recognizing hunger and fullness, like you can maybe start recognizing signs more objectively, but it's kind of more subjective and kind of in the gray area for a while going, okay, well, is this really a sign of hunger or is this, or how do I know, how do I know I'm making progress? How do I know this is successful? And so when you can think about, okay, in recovery or, you know, further along in recovery, maybe if you feel like zero to a hundred is your sort of range of recovery, like 90 to hundred is where I want to end up. Like that's the range I want to be in. And I feel like I'm at a seven right now, right? We don't want to number one, focus on goals that are going to be like someone who's in that 80 to 90 range yet. Right. So something that can be really helpful is to say, okay, over the next, however long, right. Don't give yourself that time period, but here's maybe some markers of what recovery, what I would love for recovery to look like when I make it to a 15 or to a 30 or whatever. And that can help you get a little more realistic. So maybe you want to start and say, okay, in recovery, like gold standard, this is what I would love to look like. No anxiety, um, no food guilt, no food shame. I'm so excited about my body. I don't always, that's another conversation, right? I don't necessarily promote body love or positivity exactly, but we want to get to that point where we can accept, accept our body and steward it well. So knowing like, Hey, here's maybe the goal of some things like down the road, how can I backtrack that and make it more realistic and try to make those things as specific, um, and measurable as possible. When I say measurable, I do not mean getting out your scale. I do not mean getting out measuring cups for your food, right? These are things that you can, when I say measurable, something you can know if you did it or not, right? So maybe it's, okay, within the next month, I want to challenge three fear foods. and I want to have each one X number of times over the next month. That gets very specific and you can celebrate that win. And if you don't get to it, that gives you still an objective way to say, okay, what kept me from it? What can I do? to make this happen the next time? Do I need some more support? Was my goal maybe a little bit lofty for this stage of recovery? And so instead of sort of condemning yourself or like putting yourself down for not reaching those goals, it's just a really good way to evaluate and to have rather than just, I want to have less anxiety, not a bad goal, right? We want to get to that point, but going, okay, well, what are some signs of anxiety of like high anxiety and low anxiety? And let's focus on how can maybe we reduce one of those things, or how do I know if my anxiety is a little bit less? Maybe I am going out to eat with people once a week instead of isolating and only eating on my own. So coming up with some, some more realistic, like short-term goals and then building on that can be something really good to like measure or track. If you want to want to be able to sort of tangibly see some progress along the way in your recovery and eating, in your eating disorder recovery or intuitive eating journey.
1: Yeah, I love that. Um, And I think just like you said, making sure it's something that's um, just right, like right above where you're at right now, just moving, making those small increments of change um, and setting yourself up to celebrate. So that's awesome. Um, Something I'm, I'm listening to you and to Casey talking about these verses, and I'm thinking, you know, I see a lot of people who are struggling with eating disorders or who have feeling like just a lot of guilt over like that they've wasted years of their life or that, you know, um, I hear that a lot, honestly. Um, And it's like this time debt keeps building in their mind and the enemy uses that to just keep them in guilt about it. Um, Maybe speak to someone who's feeling that on how they can allow the Lord to use this time, um, to draw him closer to them. And I know you've given us a ton of examples already, but speak to that specifically how you can use this time of recovery, um, to draw closer to the Lord and how God doesn't waste anything.
2: Yes. Gosh, that's such a great, such a great question. And Is such a phenomenal area to focus on because, again, you want to celebrate those wins along the way. um, And at the same time, you want to have full independence on God. So when you can recognize like, okay, maybe I feel like I've been stuck in this journey for decades. Even I had clients that have been struggling for years and years. Then to be able to say this isn't wasted time. I'm it's still something that I'm learning and growing with. Right. And it's still something that I can use not only in my own recovery, but to also pour into someone else to show them, even if you've been in it this long, it's still possible. And so it just creates that extra dependence on the Lord, I think. And I think that can be such a beautiful thing. Um, And it gives you that opportunity, again, to seek intentional community, maybe with people who are struggling at the same level you are, maybe people who have who you know have already surpassed and maybe they're a little further along in their journey. Um, and it gives you a chance to create that dependence on the Lord and open up the opportunity for community because that's where a lot of the growth happens. Even in James 5, 16, it says, therefore confess your sins one to another and you will be healed. And, um, and that is not if that's different than forgiveness, like we get forgiveness from the Lord, that healing so often comes in community when you can recognize that you're not alone and when you're willing to open up with other people. And that can feel really difficult, but when you can remind yourself like, hey, I probably wouldn't have said this to somebody unless I knew they struggled with the same thing. That creates the opportunity for that healing conversation as well.
0: Yeah, that's so helpful to know that we're not alone in this. Um, And Brittany, I feel like we could, we could continue talking about this all day. And so we want to give the listeners a chance to, to put some of these things into practice um, on their own and also to create some more connection points with you. So um, can you tell us a little bit more about how, listener, how the listeners can continue to connect with you, where they can find you, um, and if you have any other specific resources that um, you would like to tell them about?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you feel like you want to find that community of people, Um, Kind of like I just mentioned, if you want to find people to connect with, and also have some support and accountability along the way. Um, I do have a coaching program that I work with it's specifically for Christian women seeking recovery from disordered eating and working on intuitive eating. Um, and so you can find that on my website. It's called Fed Up With Ed. So you can go to Brittany braswellcom slash Fed Up. Um, and then if you want to head to the homepage, you'll be able to see the resources tab. And there's a lot of uh, free resources there to help you with your intuitive eating journey as well. And then I guess I'm on Instagram as well. If you guys want to connect with me, you can always shoot me a DM over there. Um, And my handle there is at Brittany Brassel RD.
0: Yeah, perfect. Okay. Yeah, go ahead, Aubrey.
1: (laughs) Yeah, sorry. We'll have all of that in the show notes. Um, But Brittany, would you do us the honor of praying us out? Mm
2: -hmm. Yes, I would love to. Father God, I just come to you today, Lord. I thank you so much for Casey and Aubrey and for each and every person listening today, Lord Jesus. I pray that you spoke to someone through the conversation that we had today. And Father God, I pray that you would soften their hearts, help them to know if something that came up in the conversation today was specifically a word that you had for them. I pray that you would help them to know that there is no guilt and no shame that you have placed on them and that there is freedom available for every person. Father God, that you died so that we could have freedom including the person who's listening, saying that it's possible for everyone but me. So thank you, Lord, in advance for the way that you are bringing them out of their maybe disordered eating right now or their struggle with intuitive eating. And I pray, Father God, that you would just show them that freedom is possible and that you would provide them support and community along the way.
0: In your name we pray. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Brittany. That was beautiful. I I just... (laughs) I feel the hope. And so I pray the listeners will experience that as well. Um, Okay. This concludes our show. Thank you, Brittany. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And until next time, may you rest in His grace and follow the joy. (music) We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd
1: like a journal to put some of the practices into place that Brittany talked about, the priority list, the recovery to-do items, we recommend our Body Blessings Journal. Find it on Amazon and use it to journal prayers, intuitive health insights, and spiritual needs with the Lord. And if you're loving this show, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review so more people can discover joyful health by grace.